Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Genuine Chit Chat. Uh, before we get started, I thought I'd let you guys know that I'm actually a guest on someone else's podcast. The podcast is called Christmas Past Podcast. Um, it's a gentleman called Brian Earl who hosts it. Um, he releases them around the Christmas time. Each episode is under 15 minutes long, so they're nice and short, quite easy to digest. And they're basically each about a different thing at Christmas. One was about Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. One's about wrapping paper, which is actually my personal favourite one. I think it's a really interesting one, funnily enough. Um, and the one that I'm actually featured on is Christmas Advertising. I show up at the end for about two minutes, and I just talk about what I think Christmas is really about. So yeah, if you fancy checking that out, it's called Christmas Past Podcast. It's on all the podcast apps. He's got a Twitter, Instagram, that sort of thing. So go check that out. I'll include links in the descriptions of all the podcasts and YouTube. Uh, So go check it out and let me and Brian know what you think. This week's episode is with my friend Carla. Uh, We speak about a condition she has called Crohn's disease, as I frankly knew nothing about it. Uh, But we also talk about loads of other things, so we don't just speak about Crohn's for the entire time. Uh, We talk about homosexuality, uh, sex in general, hemp and cannabis, and some of its medicinal uses, uh, which includes CBD oil. Um, we speak about big pharma and a lot of the legal drugs you know you get from pharmacies and whatnot that doctors prescribe you and some of the issues that come along with that, especially the way, especially when people are on it long term. We speak about loads of other stuff as well. So you know if you enjoy this chat, you don't forget to subscribe to us on the usual podcast apps. And if anyone could leave a review on iTunes, that'd be super appreciated because it really helps out the show. And part two will be out next week, so I'll be back at the end. Welcome to Genuine Chit Chat, where we have honest conversations with interesting people. And I'm your host, Mike Burton. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Genuine Chit Chat, where we have honest conversations with interesting people. And today's interesting person is Carla. Hi. And um, the audio may sound a little bit different uh, because I'm actually doing it at Carla's house as opposed to my lounge. Um, So if it sounds a bit echoey, then it's completely Carla's fault and you can blame her for it all. Um, Right, so we get to it then. What should we talk about? I'd say... Why don't we get to talk about the stuff that I know the least about, so women in general, no. Um, We'll talk about, if you don't mind, talk about Crohn's, because... Absolutely. So if we... I don't know anything about Crohn's, except... Well, actually, I don't really know anything. I could just be talking about my arse if I said I did. Um, So, like, when did you... Have you had it your entire life? Is it hereditary? Is it... Do you get it? Uh, Can you catch it? All these sorts of questions, like, what's... Okay, so it's, um, it's an autoimmune disease, so it's actually partly genetic and environment okay so it is something where your immune system Mm -hmm. sees your digestive system as a foreign object and to fix that it will create tumors to get rid of it Ah. and that actually happens on your digestive system right Uh, it can cause other issues if you don't catch it so Mm. malnutrition um Some people get blindness. Is it one of those things that once you've got it, you can never not have it? Yeah. So is it kind of like, in a way, it sounds a bit like diabetes in a sense of like, it can be hereditary, but also environmental. I know there's two types of diabetes, but like, you know, once you've got it, you've kind of always got it and stuff. Yeah, it's never really something that will go away. Mm. It's something that is managed more than anything. I think with Crohn's, Mm. it's difficult to diagnose. Yeah. Because... It can seem a lot like IBS, or it could be other things associated with your diet, or it can seem like it's a lot of different things. I went to my doctor uh, two years before I was diagnosed to ask him if I had it, 
because my friend had been in hospital really quite unwell and all of the symptoms he had, I had. Um, but my doctor said, no, you don't have that and didn't bother testing me. Oh, yeah. And then I got very unwell. But it's something... How old were you at this point? I was 20. So you were diagnosed with Crohn's when you were 20, but how, how long were you sort of suffering from it? Uh, from the age of 15. Oh, that really sucks. Yeah. Obviously it would suck from any age to... Exams are really that. hard when you constantly need a shit. It doesn't sound like fun. No. No. I don't think anyone's really kind of thought about that and been like, yeah, you know what I'd love? Just to always really feel like I need a crap. Yeah. So, um, so when... What did the doctors prescribe you and stuff? Like, what did you have to take and things to kind of try and curb it? Was this before I was diagnosed or after? Um, well, what kind of stuff did they give you before you were diagnosed? Like, what do they kind of think it was? Uh, they thought it was IBS. Yeah. Um, BS being quite funny in that sentence. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> they thought it was a range of different things. Um I'd lost a lot of weight very quickly, and they mm. saw that as a very positive thing. Okay. But in fact, it was a very big sign that I wasn't well. Yeah. Um, living with it in those years, from being a teenager to being a young adult, at which point I'd had my daughter, mm. um, that was really difficult because I'd get severe stomach cramps and I'd be trying to work. And I'd have to go and hide so that no one saw. Mm. And I just got used to it. Right. It was normal. Um, it kind of, it would come and go, be okay for a while and not okay for a while. Yeah. But when my daughter was about six months old. What did you say, how old were you when you gave birth to your daughter? I was 20 and 10 days. Wow, okay. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Maybe get onto that later. But um, yeah, well, that's obviously that's cool. I've met your daughter. She's lovely. So that's all she good. Is. Yeah. Not one of the young people who doesn't absolutely hate me, which is quite rare. It's quite <laughs> nice to have them not just hate me. Yeah. That's not, that is normally what they do. They just really don't like me a lot of the time. But um, okay, so with so with the Crohn's and whatnot, so once you knew it was, once they knew it was Crohn's, what, what did they prescribe you? Or was it like, did they prescribe you one thing and then they kept adding to it? Or did they prescribe just loads at once? Or... So it's a process with any medication that you're given. I yeah. uh, started off at the bottom end of the scale, which is basically the least expensive drugs. Mm. Uh, it took me, goodness, it would be seven years of going through probably about 10 different types of medication yeah. um, to get to where I'm at now, mm. which is the most stable I've been in a very long time yeah but that's not thanks to pharmaceuticals well not the conventional ones anyway no because that's what we're going to get on to so at the at the what was the most amount of pills from the doctor that you were taking at, at one point like in, in one day sort of so if we're talking how many pills rather than how many types of pills yeah if we ask how many pills and then also how many different types the most in a day would probably be about 45 in one pills. day so, yeah so obviously if you're if you're like if you say for argument's sake a human gets eight hours sleep a day okay which is fucking rare for me but um 
so you say 16 hours of being conscious and you say how many pills sorry like 45 really 45 maximum so it's like you know 16 times 3 is 48 so you gotta think like that's basically three pills an hour yeah that's like you can't even take things off painkillers more like that regularly do you know what i mean so it's quite mad was it the kind of thing where they'd give you like oh these three pills curb Crohn's but then these two pills curb the symptoms and side effects you get from taking these three pills and then here's another pill to stop that but then taking this six pills uh, makes yeah. you want to puke so here's one to stop that and then also make you constipate so here's one and it's just each one's got like it does like slightly more good than bad so you have to add another one which curbs the bad it does it's just kind of like an endless sort of absolutely yeah. that's exactly what it's like and it, that's just the pills there's other things injections mm. um the tests as well. Yeah, because I can imagine they must be... Do they take blood tests or do they take like, scrape samples of your stomach? Or I don't know anything about these sorts of things. So... You don't have to go No, I will talk detail. about it. I've had colonoscopies, endoscopies. Um, then there's the MRIs, the CT scans. Just for people who don't know, colonoscopy and the other oscopy, which I don't know. The endoscopy. End, endoscopy. It's like, it's a tube of the camera, isn't it? Getting into your body somehow. Yeah. You know colonoscopy <laughs> is colon. Yeah. Um, so through your bum. Yeah. And endoscopy is through the mouth. Yeah. Which is interesting. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, both very interesting, mm. but horrific processes as well, because you have to flush out your system if it goes uh, up your ass. And that, if you have Crohn's, they give you uh, something called clean prep. Or, yeah, clean prep's the one you want to go for. Right. Because um, normally they give you Picolax, and it made me feel like my insides were on fire and burning. And that was not comfortable. Mm. Um, so you have that the day before for a colonoscopy. Mm. And then it can affect you for a few days after as well, because they pump you full of air. So when you come out of the theatre, you have to fart. Oh, wow. <laughs> that is weird. It's weird to think about. So all those sorts of things would be both sort of... Like with the with the Crohn's, one of the things that you mentioned before we started recording was, um, was it the infusion sort of thing? Yeah. And the way I describe it to people, I've, I've seen pictures of people who have been had that and... Excuse me. And um, it looks... Just by looking at a picture, it looks like someone's going through... Uh, chemo so you know they're, they're sat there on a chair with uh, like an iv drip sort of thing is that more that's, or less that's it yeah, yeah. so you sat there with a drip of whatever medication it is you're on it's quite a few hours isn't it you have to sit there uh it depends on the drug and the infusion and um sometimes you have to stay for a bit afterwards to make sure that there's not any negative effects they take mm. your blood pressure your temperature and, and things like that before you get to go yeah um i have vedalizumab what? Vedalizumab. Vedalizumab. That yes. sounds like some sort of hippie vegan treat. Um, maybe you could start one. Maybe. That sounds like cool. Sounds like cool. There we go. That's how good it is. I'm doing terribly. My, my vocabulary is dying. My brain is frazzled. But, um, so I apologise for anyone listening to this and thinks I'm useless. I am. Um, so what you... you um, that, that was at the most. So how many pills... It was like... 45-ish um, a day. So what? how many pills are you taking, uh, pharmaceutical pills, just pharmaceuticals from the doctor? How many of them are you taking now? Now? Hmm. Six. Okay. Or, no, eight. You're taking eight. So obviously that's a 
huge, huge reduction, you know, from 45 down to eight. I mean, that's like a fifth, that's like 20%-ish. Um, so what's the reason like you now no longer have to take as many pills? I assume it's not the competence of the doctors. No, uh, I was very lucky to have a friend that looked up other options for me mm-hmm. and studied on what other people had done. Yeah. And they got me a sample from a company called CBD Brothers okay. of um, some of their oil, a blue edition. And I started using that on December 31st. Mm-hmm. And thanks. Was that just like. Just gone, as in, yeah, because we're recording this now in September, so that was you know nine ish months ago, yeah, yeah. So I've gone from barely being able to walk for 2,000 steps a day without being exhausted, yeah, uh, sleeping probably 16 to 18 hours a day, mm-hmm. um, barely eating, being depressed, upset. Well, yeah, well, not only of the Crohn's and the, that, but also obviously all the horrendous side effects from all the medication you have to take. Yeah, and I'd gotten to a point where I couldn't look after myself. Um, it was in July 2015, I was in hospital with my Crohn's and I was really unwell. And it got to the point where I had to go back to my parents' house because yeah. I couldn't look after myself or my daughter. Hmm. Um, so it was really, obviously, a really bad time. So starting with the CBD, I all of a sudden I was walking without being in pain. Uh, it was uh, the first day I took it, I stopped taking one type of medication mm. for uh, anxiety. Right. And then next day I made the decision that I was going to come off of one of the more harmful antidepressants that I was on. Yeah. And I was I stepped off of that, and I was off of that within six weeks. Yeah. I'd been on that particular drug for three years, yeah. and long use of that drug can damage your body. Yeah, a lot of the, the pharmaceuticals, especially for mental illnesses, can, like obviously a lot of people know this, but a lot of the symptoms of certain antidepressants when they when people take them and stuff, especially for long periods of time, is suicidal thoughts, which is yeah. that's the exact worst thing for someone with depression. But it's like, yeah. you know, all these big pharma companies release all these you know pills and stuff. To, a lot of people think it's some sort of conspiracy, which... I do. I, I, I don't think I don't think it's a conspiracy in the same way I think a lot of other people will probably do. You know, it's not I don't think it's the the big pharma companies trying to brainwash people and trying to kill people. I think it's just they they know that with CBD oil, which we'll go into what that is specifically in a minute, but with things like CBD oil and some of these uh, alternative medicines, they know that you can produce them much more cheaply uh, and distribute obviously then they can be distributed cheap uh, cheaper and like for you know, CBD oil that has such an over-encompassing thing that you oh, can yeah. have like instead of having a hundred different painkillers <laughs> that they can sell to you for 10 quid a pack or 8 quid a pack of prescription or whatever they can they would be able to just have like one thing that would cure it all but the thing yeah. is obviously they wouldn't make as much money that way and yeah. they would have got their way in the system Yeah, and like um, a lot of them generally lobby for the um, well, CBD oil for those who don't know is it comes from uh, cannabis, doesn't it? It's, uh, it does. Yeah, so it's a um, cannabidiol. Yeah, I didn't know that word. So yeah, I, know, I think I know what cannabinoid is. I think that's is that that, a receptor. Uh, cannabidiol is a cannabinoid. Right. What? So you've got THCA, yeah. which is THC before you uh, dry it out and smoke it. Yeah. Um, that's called decarboxylating. Right. 
Um, I don't know any clever big uh, words when it comes to any of this stuff, except I know dimethyltryptamine, which is DMT, yes. and psilocybin, which is in acid and shrooms. They're the, yes. they're the only two big words I know to do with any chemicals of any kind. Oh, I like long words. So, yeah. So. Well, it's like the fear of, I need to look this up, but the fear of long words is like one of the longest Hippopoto words. monstrosis script aliophobia. There you go. Whoever came up with that, you're brilliant for knowing that and for saying so, I have to look it up. But um, also the fact that that is the phobia of one word. That's just like a dick move. I'll just call it like a two-letter word or something. Yeah, but uh, I remembered it specifically because it is a dick move to make it that long, isn't it? My favourite phobia um, is anatidiophobia, which is the fear that a duck is always watching you. That's a literal (laughs) fear. People have that fear that a duck is always watching them. And I, I just think that's brilliant. But not for them. I'd like to meet those people. I want to meet people who have the Messiah complex. That sounds like fun. So oh, Russell no, no. Brand, Russell Brand's um, one of his recent stand-up uh, things. He was talking about it quite a lot. And he was saying like, there's a house in America, I believe, where loads of people are, are, have got Messiah complex. And he was saying how funny it is because they all think that they're Jesus. But yeah, no but I think is. isn't that? Did he say it's in America? I, th- I mean, he might have done. I, I think. Yeah, I don't think that that's um, a really. Yeah, it's going to be America if it's anywhere, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not yeah. an obvious thing for these people with this affliction. They need to be they need a proper help rather than just yeah. put them all in a room together and make. Yeah, it let's all... put them all in a church. That's a great idea. <laughs> well, that's always the best thing to do. You know, we always know how how well that goes when people have got severe illnesses, mental illnesses, um, when they're apparently conflicted with the homosexuality illness that's apparently a choice. Oh yeah, going to the fucking church. It's ironic, isn't it? That a lot of the people who are religious uh, say that homosexuality is a choice. Uh, which is funny because that basically means anyone. I will clarify anyone who so says. So what about all our priests? Well, that's the thing is that they fuck little boys. It's like it, well, the thing is, if anyone ever says to me, right, which fortunately no one I've met is this ignorant. But if anyone said homosexual homosexuality is a choice, you go okay. So if you're talking to a male, you go okay. So it's a choice. So you could choose right now to be fucked by three dudes at once and like it. You could choose to enjoy that. And if yes. they say no then it's not a choice. And if they say yes, you go, no, you're, you're gay, mate. It's the, do you know what I mean? No. It's the repression of those feelings that creates those problems. I'm not saying that paedophilia is necessarily because they're repressing this, that they're gay. Yeah. That's an element of control as well. Oh, yeah. It's, it's um, hundreds of different factors come into psychosexual strains. When it comes to, I just think repressing that kind of stuff is oh, yeah. why people are messed up. You've got oh, to yeah. accept well, the thing with, just let people be happy, for Christ's sake. Well, the thing is with, with people, we're getting closer to this uh, slowly, uh, but it's like people seem to be... Ha- it seems very difficult for people to just let other people be happy doing their own thing. Yeah. It's just like... So if it doesn't... Like, I don't care if you're vegan, vegetarian, gay, trans, anything. I, I really... I don't give a fuck. As long as you don't hurt anyone, unless they specifically like being hurted, you know, in, maybe yeah. in the bedroom, yeah. that sort of thing. But yeah. as, long as, you, as long as you're not hurting anyone who doesn't want to be hurt, and... You're not like, I don't know, spreading disease or doing anything like that. That's fine. I don't care. Do the fuck you want. Yeah, as long as you're not purposefully trying to inflict pain mm. or upset on anyone else, yeah. go for it. Yeah, I don't care what people do. Yeah. Like, oh, fuck. If someone wants to be vegan, go ahead. If you don't preach to me about it, I understand. I know the pros of veganism and um, vegetarianism and stuff, and maybe I'll talk about that in another episode at some point. I love meat too much. <laughs> Calm down. Me getting flustered. When women talk about meat too much without me, I get a bit flustered. Bit of sausage. That was perfect timing. That was me dropping the coaster. That was that was like comedic perfect timing. It's stuck to the bottom of my um my glass. Oh, but um yeah, so if we uh, retract a bit, so Yeah. The C B D oil, um, so as we said, there comes from uh, cannabis oil and obviously, you know, 
maybe we'll go into it later, maybe not, I don't know. But with, with drugs in general, you know, I have an opinion which I believe that uh, in general, all drugs should be legal to a degree. I've figured out like a whole way it would work. Um, we'll, we'll get into it this second, maybe later or maybe another podcast, I don't know. But people do drugs anyway. The very flat thing to say is people do drugs anyway. No one stop. No one. People have are still doing drugs regardless. It's just and the, the majority of people who die from overdoses and these sorts of things is because you know you get heroin from the dealer. It's ten percent purity. You do that of ten milligrams constantly. Then he gets stuff that's twelve percent purity. You take the same amount you've been used to, and then you can OD. And no one's died from weed. No well, one's no, died weed. from weed. Well, yeah, it's physically impossible. I think exactly. Like, you can't overdose because your body won't. T- it yeah. just won't take it in. I think it's, it's like I, I think I read somewhere where it's like you have to. I think it's smoke. Like more than your own body weight in cannabis to be able to die from it. But the thing is, is that you will puke, you'll puke like and that. pass out before doing that. And also, you will physically be unable to inhale with like a joint or whatever. You will phys- excuse me, physically be incapable of inhaling or ingesting any more of that when you're done, you know? So it's like, in cannabis, unfortunately with it in, um, you know, whether or not you smoke cannabis, like this is to an individual, so whether or not one would smoke cannabis, it, it shouldn't matter. Because it doesn't matter because everyone smokes cannabis for the THC. That's the bit that gets you high. Yeah. And the tetrahydrocannabinol is the name. There you go. Uh, Hydra. Cannabinol, yeah. Yeah, for all those people um, who were like, wait a minute, she said hydrocannabinol, what a failure. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it doesn't hurt It's anyone. important to note that THC is a completely different element to what's in the oil. Yeah. The content in the oil that I use is 0.02%. Yeah. And that is within legal standards. Yeah, so obviously you, you're taking the CBD oil, it's... It was is literally the oil extracted from cannabis. Essentially, is a really simple way of saying it. Just yeah, a, a it's mixed terms. with um, hemp oil yeah. to dilute it as well, because that otherwise it'd be far too strong. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's. Was well, like in in America and stuff. Obviously, it's. I think at the moment it's something like 20, 20 something states. I think you can. It's medicinal, and then like ten or fifteen. I think you can work recreationally or something. And I know that. Obviously, everyone knows that Amsterdam, you can go there and smoke weed legally and stuff. And I just want to say, anyone who goes to Amsterdam and smokes weed in Amsterdam and then says it shouldn't be legal is a fucking hypocrite. That's like... Absolutely. It's like, if you can go to another country and you do this thing, that means that you're willing to do it. Like, if I could go to Amsterdam and murder people, I wouldn't do it because I'm not a murderer. Do you know what I mean? It's, <laughs> yeah. like, it's like, I'm not... If there's countries where murder's legal, that's ridiculous. That's stupid. It's just like, if you go to another country and you smoke cannabis and then you come back and say weed's bad, then you're, you're a cunt. I just want Absolutely. To, like, say, it, no, any type of hypocrite, mate. Any type. It, dep- it depends on what kind of hypocrisy um, in the basis of there's a lot of people I think everyone's been guilty of this giving a friend really good relationship advice and then everyone <laughs> has done fucking like, I don't think I know anyone yeah. who has been perfect with relationships all the time it's part of making mistakes but it's like you tell your mate look don't don't do this with this person. You know, don't fuck this girl or don't fuck your ex because you know that things will happen. You know it won't go anywhere. And they go, yeah, 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 definitely won't. And then a week later, dude, I fuck my ex. It's like, okay, well, yeah. you learn from your mistakes, but then it's like they keep doing it and then they get into a situation and then you're like, why do you do that? And then I do it. And then, yeah. Yeah, but it's, love is blind. All the women who've loved me are clearly fucking blind. But it's, <laughs> it's with, yeah, hypocrisy, I, I believe... The problem is there's there's uh, like malicious hypocrisy and just misguided hypocrisy. You know, it's like if you tell a kid not to smoke, or that's that most parents tell their kids not to smoke, but a lot of parents do smoke. I personally do smoke. I would rather my kids never smoked because it's bad yeah, for them. Yeah, I, I don't want my smoking. Yeah, but you do smoke. Yeah. So the thing is, that's being a hypocrite. But it's not. It's 
When there's ideological hypocrisy, I think is worse. If you tell someone you can't, uh, but it's for the benefit of her. So yeah. And it's at the detriment of me. Damn, I want to stop but, smoking now. What are you doing? But, she would, she would, <laughs> but if you do that, though, you could argue, yeah, but she will be... If you die, you whether or not you believe in afterlife or anything like this, if we just said, for what we know as 100% fact, there's at least one life, and that's this one. There may be others, but what we know as pure fact at the moment is there's at least one life, okay? And if you die, then... The only people that affects from what our one hundred percent understanding of you of everything is at the moment is the only people around you will suffer. So you're so in theory, it would actually be better if Maya smoked instead of you, because if she died horrendous, obviously that'd be fucking horrendous. I'm any pouting parent or any person. Quite, quite severely. Right now. <laughs> well, if yeah, if she died from smoking, say tomorrow somehow, I'll then, tell her you said that. Oh God, please don't. And she wouldn't like me anymore. <laughs> And then you would be you'd be the one who'd feel the pain for me. You know, you'd be the one who's upset about it. You'd be the one who'd get the repercussions of that. So if you yeah. and you're about as people may be able to hear, she's actually about to spark up <laughs> now. She rolled a cheeky cigarette. It's stre- it stressed talk- me out this conversation. Talking about so smoking, much. Oh, I'll just have to roll, just roll a cheeky one. Um, yeah, well, it's like you know, and if you smoke and you die, then you're going to make her upset. So it's Johnny. You, know I mean? you can look at it almost in perspective, but and it's. There's degrees of hypocrisy which makes sense because you want to protect people. You're like, I yeah. did this bad thing. I don't want you to do this bad thing. I'm not being a hypocrite. I've just learned from it. Whereas yeah. there's people who are like, anyone who uses any religious thing to tell someone they shouldn't do something, they're a hypocrite. Because every um, religious text is so full of oh, ridiculousness. It's, it's bipolar. There's. I, think uh, I was thinking biblical. about this earlier, how it's love thy neighbour or judge lest ye be judged. And then it's... Like people are just judging people. I'm like, are it's, you just picking and choosing here? Judge will be those judged and love your neighbour unless they're gay, unless they're mm. trans, unless they don't believe in God, unless they eat fish on a certain day. I was raised Roman Catholic. I was so a Catholic. School. I was an altar server. I was really into the church when yeah. I was younger, and yeah. it's just you're you're right about hypocrisy. Mm. Show me how you treat other people. Yeah. Uh, just it's not it's not about the rules that you kind of they're living by is it it's well my, my example is for people uh, when, you know there's there's very few people I think anymore say this sort of thing you know I know a few Christians who I, I, one of them I'm going to get on the podcast his name's Dom and I, I respect him a lot and his opinions and things he believes yeah. in God that's fine you know a that's lot of people fine. you know I've got no problem there. he's never I don't, well, I don't think I can really think of a time he's been a dick about it, so it's fine. You know, yeah. if you're going to believe in a god, whatever. You know, Don's a solid dude. You'd never know he's religious without him, without asking him specifically, because he doesn't act like an evangelical twat or anything. So um, that's fine. But it's like when people are there's people who've used the arguments that atheists can't have morals because of the Bible and that sort of thing. And whenever people say that, I just say, okay, you're only doing good things for one of two reasons. Either you're being threatened or you're being rewarded, okay? Mm-hmm. If you do something nice and there's no prospect of reward, or you do something nice and you get rewarded, if you're doing something to, to get rewarded, which is the argument of all religious people, which is, well, you do good things, you know, you make God happy, and more importantly, I go to heaven mm. and don't suffer. Well, it's like, if I hold a gun to your head... And tell, tell that you, to Job. Do you know about how... Oh, yeah, the story of Job, yeah, yeah where he, he worshipped God and then the devil was, like, whispering in his ear saying... Yeah, he's pretty much like, hey, God, hey, mate, why don't we fuck him up? Yeah, why don't we, and like, see, kill his family? Let's test him, see if like, he really loves you. It was, like, plagues, kill his family, <clears throat> all this sorts of yeah. other stuff, and it was just like... Yeah. Yeah, well, God's a cunt, so it's all right. Um, I don't know a lot of oh, well, this, is, saying that this is it. Like, I don't mind Christians who 
are kind and giving and oh, yeah. everything I was taught that Jesus was. Yeah. And if if you're not striving to be kind and giving like he was, I don't understand yeah. what they should be trying to do. Yeah. Any any religion has been skewed from their original prophets, which it pretty much was just love each other. Yeah, just like, basically just don't be a dick. Because yeah. obviously, two, you know, 2,000 years ago, obviously, that, that's not when the religion, that of Christianity necessarily started. It's, it's very, obviously, difficult to figure out where the religion probably started because record-keeping and stuff over, you know, 2,000 years. Yeah, there's the bits that were cut out. Yeah, and then translated a hundred times. Translated. Uh, back and, and forwards. And, chopped you know, out. There's and... the New Testament, the Old Testament, the Sea Scrolls, and the... All these sorts of things. But if we just look at the core thing of there was a lot of chaos and there wasn't the world wasn't the way it is at the moment. And a lot of people argue that religion is necessary for us to be where we are now. No. Um, well, I think the rules put in place however many thousand years ago were probably necessary at that time because if you're saying to someone, look, just don't be a dick, and they go, why? And you go, because you get put in prison. They're like, I don't give a fuck about that. If it, you go, okay, but then you get, you're burning in hell forever. If that could just for just temporarily turn people just to be good for temporarily until everyone was kind of teaching their kids don't be a dick and then everyone was kind of like that then you can take the god element of it away and everyone just kind of knows not to be a dick it could have initially been something like that so children right a lot of the time when you have young kids especially you unfortunately have to do the whole punishment reward thing you have to like up till they're about maybe 10 obviously it can be older than that as well but i'd say normally to at least 10 ish it depends how Uh, no but it depends on the kid, really. So it's like respect. That was well, something. A big my thing. my parents drummed that into me quite hard. Yeah. They were quite hard on me. Mm. I respect that now. Yeah. And I get it now. Yeah. I think you do need that. Well, yeah, it's it's all about balance, really. With with everything in life, it's all about balance. But um, parenting is especially like that. Oh, it's but, hard. Also, when you have a, when you have a little kid, they they don't understand good when they're really really young. They don't understand necessarily good or bad at that time. Their, their brains just aren't ready for it. So the only way you can really train them in a way which may sound horrendous talking about children like that but you know you have to do reward and punishment because they aren't intelligent enough at that age so basically to to figure out. yeah we do need to condition our yeah, children exactly um, and that's what we had to do with religion I think I think thousands of years ago when everyone in, in, if you do it the parallels of a child you know there's a lot of intelligent children okay but pretty much every child who's five is less intelligent than anyone who's over 20. Do you know what I mean? Like, because mm-hmm. your brain hasn't developed, so you're basically dumb. Children are small, stupid people. They're lovely, but that is that is a child. You know, you go, especially the younger ones. When we were back a thousand years ago, we were a lot less intelligent and wise to what we are now. So in both of those cases, you just have someone who doesn't know better, so the only way you can get them to do good or bad is to reward or punish. And then, yeah, and then when they initially enough, it could have been that. Yeah, when they grow older, but now it's something, it's used as a control mechanism. mechanism. Yeah, no, uh, even in sociology, it's termed as one of the structures hmm. in your social ed- identity. Hmm. It structures you. Yeah, yeah, it's, definitely. It's core values as well. I still keep some of the core values. Well, I still wear, I wear people can't see because I'm on a podcast, this. This is St. Christopher. I thought it was. Yeah. Travellers. Yeah, Travellers, uh, sort of, good yeah. luck, charmy thing. Well, it's like, the, the, the story of that is, um, basically, I think I've been wearing it since I was like 10. I've only taken this off twice, and that's because it broke twice. And oh. fortunately, as, when I was a young kid and people fighting me and trying to hurt me all the time, it got broken a couple of times. But fortunately, when that doesn't really happen anymore, I just never take it off. Like, I've, I've always worn this, because my dad had one, um... For pretty much all my memory, my dad was always wearing one. And I remember, I, I don't believe in luck. Um, 
but my dad wore one and it, he for one holiday he just didn't wear it and our car broke down we were in France and we were near we were coming I think it was the France and we were going over the border I think you know where the areas are with the docks where where you get on, I think the Eurostar or the boat. I think it's the Eurostar. I think you have to go through like a border thing because obviously you get the Eurostar, you come out at England. Yeah. Something. It's not like that. I can't remember that well because I was 10 or 12 or something. And that was the one holiday he didn't wear it. And our car broke down. Like, you could see the border from, and it was just like, any need to run down the road and go get, there's a higher car place where we meant to drop the car off too. Like, across. <laughs> but it was just like, that was the one time he forgot. And that's the worst luck we've had with that sort of thing. So when I was younger, I was always, I might have been a bit younger than that actually because I, I can't remember when I got my St. Christopher's. It might be when I was 10 or 12. But that was before I had one. And I remember saying to Dad how much I liked his. Because whenever I saw him, he was always wearing it. And um, so I got one. Um, well, he got me one. And I've worn it ever since. And then, well, Dad passed away four and a bit years ago. And I've got his one. Like, as I'm not wearing it, but I've got it in a little box. And then when nice. I have a kid, I'm going to give it to them. And hopefully, Aww. if I can live long enough to see my grandkids, I'll buy them one. And then it'll just be the three St. Christopher's always going through the Burton generation. That's what I really like. It's funny you're saying that because my middle name is Therese, after Saint Therese, right. the patron saint of France. Huh. My mum's middle name is Therese, and so is Myers. Huh. So we've got three generations with the same. The patron saint. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Nice little connections there. See. That's what this podcast is all about: balance and connections. Um, I've kind of lost the train of thought. We were talking about religion a lot. Oh, well, let's go. Let's let's jump all the way back to. Okay. Um, so with the CBD oil, um, obviously. So basically, yes. it's, it has a lot of controversy around it because some people are stupid and they don't understand things properly. They just go, "Weed's bad." Drugs. They go, "Drugs bad." Weed's bad. Everything's bad. CBD oil's bad. It's like no. Right, let's let's look, actually look at it and think. Certain things can have more than one use. Even if you think that people, you know, smoking a joint, um, eating ten bags of Doritos, and watching. Peep show on, for, you know, on on Netflix for six Drinking hours. Drinking Coca Cola. Yeah, if you think someone doing that for six hours is dangerous to society, whereas you know you get drunk and drunk drive, and you know I'm not saying people don't high drive and cause damage, but you know you, you can't say that you're fine with alcohol, not with weed, because weed is not only in a fact, like literally they've done studies on it. There was I think his name was Doc Brown, and he was hired by it was either the British government or the American government to test every single drug and rate them on how addictive they are. Um, damage they do to the psyche and damage they do physically and you know, damage you can do to others they yeah. made this big graph about all the drugs obviously he had all the pure drugs of heroin and that sort of thing and nice. um, he put them in an, in an order okay Yeah. and the most dangerous one out of heroin cocaine all of them is alcohol it's worse for your body than anything else it's worse for your mind than anything else It's uh, people don't realise this alcohol is so addictive if you go cold turkey of heroin you'll basically have the flu for a week if you go cold turkey of, of alcohol you'll die like it will like if, if you're if a really heavy drinker. You are a really heavy drinker. Yeah. One of my close friends is getting better from being an alcoholic, and yeah. she's doing really well. There yeah. is support out there as well. Yeah. If you make the step to change it, mm. it's not an easy one. No, God no, no. And that's what calibers. Having someone you love go through that, mm. it's a lot of up and ups and downs. Yeah, but you can get through it. And seeing her now, she looks so much better. Yeah, so much healthier. Mm. She's actually able to eat. You see the hiccups. Do <laughs> you think I'm making weird reaction noises to you talking about this story? Yeah, I'm just hiccuping. Good, <laughs> just, good moment to start, isn't it? Well, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna burp and fart at the same time. But not quite there yet. 
But um, yeah. yeah, going back to the CBD oil, I've I've had such a good reaction to it mm. that it finally I was so stuck because when your body doesn't work, it literally walking down the road felt like I was wading through honey. I was it was weights on my legs, and it was hard. And I'd be in, I'd be sweating really hard just from walking down the road yeah. because it was so painful. And having after a couple of weeks of being on the oil, it's like that went away. Mm. And it turns out that was inflammation in my joints. Right. So as soon as that decreased, my walking was so much better, and I actually got to walk. Yeah. My energy levels increased dramatically. It didn't make me drowsy. Mm. In fact, it it gave me a lot more clarity than I'd had in a long time. Yeah. Um. I got my life back. Yeah. So I was able to work. I was able to look after my daughter. I was able to do housework. I was able to live and see people. Mm. And it's been amazing. Yeah. It's been nine months, so a lot of people think that there's the placebo effect, yeah. which after six months really would have gone away. But I did have a really full blood set mm. done after a month and a half of being on it, yeah. and my kidney and liver function had improved dramatically. Do the doctors know about you being on CBD? Or yeah, they know. Okay. My specialists know. They they want the information from me and they're interested mm. because it has had results. Yeah, um, especially with the NHS, obviously being cut so much, it's going to become, yeah, hopefully it will be, more and more people will see all the researches into it and it's like, uh, there's quite a few things that are going around that turned a lot of heads about a few years ago of a lot of people who really didn't understand that all the things with cannabis is that, you know, obviously... You know, people getting high and stuff and having fun, that's cool. But that is nowhere near as important as the medicinal uses for it. That should be the number one priority of everything is Absolutely. make sure yeah. that we can have medicinally. Like, like I wouldn't care. Like I'd say, I said before in an ideal world, I'd like all drugs to be legal, which I may get into, as I said. But there's loads of reasons behind that. But like even if you're like a big stone and you're like, yeah, I wish weed was legal so I could you know, smoke a joint. And it's like, yeah, that would be enjoyable, I suppose. But it's like, that is incomparable to the amount of lives it can help. You know, I mean, my, yeah. it's like my dad... <clears throat> He died of esophageal cancer, so um, it was he was ill for from being diagnosed. He died after eighteen months, and you know he went through chemotherapy and radiotherapy and all these sorts of other things. And cannabis wouldn't have very unlike would be very unlikely to save him. You know that's it's not it doesn't cure cancer full stop. It can help reduce the chances of it, or it can help help uh, remission a bit and that sort of thing. But the main thing that it can do for people, especially when they have uh, stomach cancers and things like that, is um, <coughs> not that <coughs> Christ um, is it can make people very hungry because obviously people know about the munchies and stuff so when you get really really ill especially when you go for chemo or radiotherapy you often lose your appetite which means you don't eat as much which just makes it worse you know so it can help with that and also it helps get rid of some of the pain so you're a bit more active and that sort of thing and so it's like if it would have been nice that instead like my dad the last probably two two months or so of his life he was that's when he was getting to his worst and he had to be on a lot more pain meds but the last, yeah, you know, maybe month, maybe maybe it was two months. He just wasn't himself. You know, he was very, he was kind of like me in a lot. Well, I was like him in a lot of ways. You know, he's, he's quite, he's a very very intelligent man, very charismatic, quite fast talking. You know, and um, he'd always grip you with conversation. But the last couple of months, he just wasn't there because 
the painkillers would fuck him up so much, he'd just start a sentence and just forget what he was on about. He couldn't watch films the last few weeks or month or so. Like, he wasn't bedridden until the last week, I think, or maybe it was the last two weeks. But it was like, he couldn't watch a movie because he couldn't remember it. He'd get like an hour through and he'd forget what happened. And it's like, a lot of that is due to all the pain meds he was on, just like the side effects of them. And if he could, it would have meant that if he'd have been able to have CBD oil and this sort of thing, yeah, maybe he wouldn't have lived, but it would have been his last few weeks or months or whatever would have been so much more pleasant. Like the quality of life would have increased. Oh, I've actually, I'm on a CBD Users UK page okay. on Facebook. And on there, there are people who have used it alongside chemotherapy. Yeah. There are people that have gone into remission yeah. whilst using the product. Again, it's it could be a combination of it, it can. what they're going through yeah, it, as it well can. as the oil. It can help a lot. I'm, um, I'm just saying it can, but it's not. I don't ever think I'm saying take CBD oil. But cancer, it can. But. It doesn't just. It's more a cancer. I don't think people really know, but some forms of cancer are. It's so painful. Yeah. Um, agony mm. almost, and. It can help with the pain. Yeah, that's one of the um, things. Yeah. Even just CBD oil can, as well as mm. the weed smoking or yeah. or vaping or whatever people do now. Um, but there's so many other things on here as well. I've got a little list in front of me. I've got there's appetite loss, um, neurological disorders like Parkinson's. I've heard about Parkinson's. Well, there's epilepsy as well, isn't there? That's like a, yeah. That was a, I was, was going to say about. Um, I, I started the conversation about it uh, a few minutes ago. I was just going to say briefly, but I'd like to hear the rest of these. Is mm-hmm. about four or five years ago, or maybe it was more recent than that. It turned a lot of heads, especially with a lot of the older generation who just uh, got the drug propaganda. Drugs are bad, okay. And um, um, they saw this thing where there's um, this girl who's in the who's in the UK. I believe it was a girl. It might have been a little boy because there's a little boy who's in America. I think, and there's also I think there's a little girl in, in England. And they have um, they had epileptic seizures. They're having like somewhere between like eight and twenty a day or something ridiculous. Yeah. And no medication was working. And you'd see like the parents like crying and be like, I just want to have my child. They're in so much pain. Yeah. You give them like, a drop or two or whatever of the CBD oil. I've seen it nasal spray for yeah. epilepsy because of um, the obviously what they're fitting, yeah. aren't they? So it, the nasal spray, mm. particularly for epilepsy, can be helpful i think i saw a thing where a kid was having somewhere between eight and 20 seizures a day and went down to like less than one a week just, yeah. just from literally well, there's the only some thing. people that are at risk of brain damage yeah. from the, the amount of see your seizures can cause brain damage a lot of people don't know that yeah. yeah um and to just have a safety net of oh well that's not happening so often so it's not as likely yeah that's it's well, it's like um, there's. I saw there's a drug there's a drug documentary called. Oh no, I've completely forgotten what it is. It's, it's got Joe Rogan in it as well, and I love Joe Rogan. Um, I'm gonna have to look up. It's on the tip of my tongue. Uh, I'll, it's on Netflix. It's a weed documentary. It's just about like uh, the law on it, what it can do, all the benefits, all this sort of stuff. And I saw there was a guy on there who I think his kid either was just have, had epilepsy or Tourette's or something. He was having a lot of seizures, and. Um, he was like, there was footage of him and his kid before it happened, and he was obviously really upset and all that sort of jazz. Yeah. And then it showed him like a month after he'd been taking this. And, and this, this guy kid was, looks alive well, again. Well, the kid looks alive, and the, the dad was just crying with happiness. He was like, yeah. I finally have my son back. My son's like seven. I've had more conversation with him and more calm time in the last month than I have his entire life because of this thing. I cried. I cried when I walked down the road and not I wasn't in pain. I cried because I could think again. Yeah. I'm actually, I've got 
quite an interesting thought process. Yeah. And I find I've, I've got more creativity again. Yeah. Um, it's it's opened up who I am. Yeah. Again, it felt like I was who I was was suppressed by all these medications and even my illness and. The CBD has just resolved so many issues because it's not just the Crohn's, it's uh, um, anxiety, depression, uh, joint pain. Uh, I've had bad lungs over the past few years and that's resolved. Yeah. Um, I think also with the things that CBD and um, things like THC and that sort of stuff can help as well is, you know, if any people who are listening to this podcast have smoked her weed before, they know or been to Amsterdam, just done it over there or whatever. It's like, you know, you smoke it and a lot of the time make you really, really tired or make you really, really hungry and this sort of thing. So it's really good for people who are anorexic and also people who are, have certain eating disorders and people who have insomnia. Yeah. You know, and it's just like, what's so it cures? So this CBD oil that <clears throat> is obviously in England now, it's not readily available, really easy to get, but at least it's not fully legal, the, the, the stuff that you get. You can um, get it quite easily. Oh, has it become... I remember um, a few years ago it was more, more difficult. I'm not as well adverse to it. Yeah, I, it's not an issue. Oh, okay. Um, it needs to become more mainstream of... There's like, a few prescribed. different companies that do it. Yeah. I, I, I understand that, yeah, it should be prescribed. But in the meantime, I'm quite happy to pay for it. Yeah. Um... It is being looked into in several areas. So I just want to quickly say, the, the cannabis documentary I was speaking about, it's called The Culture High. And it, it was around the time where obviously things that we start to become legal in America. So we're talking about that, the repercussions of it in Colorado, how much money it made, all the medical benefits, blah, 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 and the drug war. It's got Joe Rogan in it. It's got like a few other celebrities and stuff in it from America. I'd highly recommend it. It's on Netflix. Sorry. I hate telling people about documentaries and stuff and then just not saying what it is because people are just like, what is it then? I'm not going to Google it, but it's like the culture <laughs> high. There you go. But I do apologise for interrupting. That's okay. I've forgotten where we were at, we were at though. Well, on the list. Well, no. Before. Before the list. Listen. Well, we'll go back to the list. I don't know. Um, You're looking at your phone, that's why I'm saying yeah, the list. <laughs> so it's got lots of different things on here like pain and sleep, sleep apnea, phantom limb fibromyalgia which is something that I know a lot of people get uh, any type of inflammation uh, I can agree to that um, I've had no inflammation at all and it's been wonderful there's been no pain um, yeah there's uh, nausea Crohn's is on the list anxiety bipolar OT OCD PTSD I was gonna say I think PTSD gets helped by it yeah, PTSD um, definitely gets helped by it. Mm. Uh, also, did I say? Yeah, I did. Uh, MS, so multiple sclerosis, which is quite horrible. It's oh, a yeah. degenerative um, muscle sore, isn't it? Is it where? Is it when your muscles basically just deteriorate to nothing? Um, not quite. It it can it basically causes a, a lot of necrosis, which is. Um, so organs, when they have necrosis, they're breaking down, oh, okay. degrading. I see. So deteriorating. Yeah. So um, I had a vague idea. Yeah. So that can be quite helpful if it slows that down or yeah. at least provides some sort of relief. Because mm. a lot of the things that are on this list, everything's painful. Yeah. And uh, I think what's important to know is that we have 
the endocannabinoid system within us. Yeah. So you've got CB1 receptors and CB2 receptors. Yeah, then your brain, aren't they? They're things that yeah. when, you, when people ingest or smoke or whatever, when, they, when you take weed or cannabis in any way and you get the high of it, then... It goes through those centres. Yeah. yeah. Um, and if you ha- if it's imbalanced, then it can cause all of these neurological issues, um, in immuno issues. So Crohn's is uh, uh, what's the word? Autoimmune. Yeah. So it's an autoimmune disease. Um, but there's so many different autoimmune diseases that yeah. are now really rife everywhere. And I just think that maybe it's that tip of the balance that's kind of going throughout the whole system because it is a system yeah so you get slightly out of balance in one place and it just everywhere else falls out yeah so if you balance it back everything else starts to sort itself out yeah yeah well, it's like you can even think of it even if you look at it in not even looking at it chemically or anything like that if you just look at it baseline simple of just if you're in less pain you'll feel better Mm-hmm. Just that baseline thing. Oh, absolutely. And that's it. And you're then... always, when you're in constant pain, because uh, my sister has something called chronic regional pain syndrome. Right. It's where the nerves in her spine send the message to her brain saying that her legs are in agony. Oh, okay. Um, and when you're in constant pain like that, as well as the pain I've experienced in the past, but it seems like I've moved forward so much that I don't really remember it Um, when you're on that level of pain constantly the smallest thing will set you off because you're already all the way up there you're already trying to cope with your pain constantly and you're wavering at the top end of the scale so that little thing to everyone else seems tiny but it just pushes you and you can't take it well you can people can think of it in a really really simple way like if you stack up, you know, let's say a hundred books, okay, you can then put something really light, like if it's kind of tilting a little bit, you can put a paperclip at the end of that, and then it will tilt the whole thing. And it's the same with human psyche, same with everything, you know. It's just like, yeah, if, you, if there's one book on the floor, you put a paperclip on it, it's not going to do anything. But it's, no. it's the, it, it, it's all about circumstance. That's what you know. This keep we keep going back to this of what people. People not understanding, people not being empathetic enough, you know. If people yeah. were more empathetic, then CBD oil not only would be mainstream, but it would yeah. be prescribed readily for everything on that list. And probably more because we've had more research into it and know more of what it can do. Probably have to be able to refine hundreds of different types of it, which would be like this one is exclusively for Crohn's. You take this, it helps Crohn's and it literally has no side effects and does nothing else. And then this one does this and you could have... Because there's, there's different benefits within cannabis other than um the cannabinoids i think there's is it terpenoids or terpins um it's something you can get for the crystals that you would smoke right i think you'd smoke them yeah yeah um oh it's like a wax and yeah that stuff it 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 has other stuff in it that's there to help you ingest it or or take it in to yeah. add benefit to yeah. it. Well, I know that um, with people like this, I was spoken about the Joe Rogan podcast a lot because I listen to it constantly. Um, he's a massive weed advocate and he talks about weed and stuff all the time. And um, one of the things he said that um, I found quite intriguing was that if you eat it 
as but when you smoke it, you know, it's a chemical reaction, whatever you get high, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. When you eat it, there's a different chemical that's released that's really yes. similar to. I, I don't know. I'm not an expert on it. I don't know if you are. I know. You know, go on then. So um, it, when you dry out the the bud and the leaves, yeah, and then you smoke it, that is a process that's called decarboxylating. So that means that it changes the THCA mm. into THC. Okay. If you eat it fresh, without it being dried, mm. it stays as THCA, right. which is on the list I have as being something, it depends what you've got, but it can be something that could be an added benefit alongside yeah. CBD. Fair enough. So yeah. you're, you're looking at me and your face looks like you're about to say something else. So I was like, no, I'm okay. just, I'm quite impressed with myself that I've managed to remember all of that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I've been terrible today. I can't even think of anything. It's, I don't know. So what is it? Is it Wednesday today? Yes. Yeah. It's Wednesday. I've only been, I've, it's because I started work last week on like a Monday. So it's just like my brain still isn't used to having to get up at a reasonable time and use my brain throughout the day. I've been able to just chill out and do nothing. <laughs> yeah. I do enjoy just sitting there and letting my brain melt some evenings. Yeah, I can imagine. It's, yeah. Sometimes that's what you need. You just need a day where you just don't think about anything important. You just watch well, an evening. Well, I think a day is a bit optimistic. I don't think I don't have enough time to have a whole day off. No. Even, even when I was off, to be honest, I couldn't sit still. You know, I learned to sew and start the podcast and made a music video and went camping and stuff like that. So it's just like, I, can't, I say that, I want to chill, but I'm like, I'm working, all I want to do is chill. And as soon as I'm chill, all I want to do is work. So, I want to chill by a fire. That's what uh, I yeah. want. Yeah. Nice. Like, a, like a nice isolated cottage in like a forest um, with a fire going, but still Wi-Fi because um, and a hot tub and lots of booze. Oh, yeah, yes. I've always that's the thing. If I had loads of money, I just I'd get a hot tub. I just just having a hot tub. My parents had a hot tub. Well, really? they have one, but it needs work. Well, that's the it, problem. But... You need to. You either need to get like an unbelievably swanky one, and then have a proper cover for it, and and take a lot of good care of it. Or you can have you can have those inflatable ones, can't you? Which can't, you can buy them at Range and Audi and things like that. No, like I wouldn't have quid. one of them. Well, someone at my old work actually said he used one, and you can fit two people in there really easily. And he said, nah. I think it called EasyJet, and he was like. I think about fifty quid compared to like a proper good hot tub. It, EasyJet, like, isn't that a? Uh, that's a flight. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably what I'm thinking of. Okay. Easy Spa. That's it. See, I had half of it. Though it's because of EasyJet and the jets in jacuzzis and stuff. Do you know that jacuzzi is actually a brand? Yes. Yeah, it's actually they're all called hot tubs. Yes. It's like um. My dad's a plumber, so I learned that probably a long time ago. Okay. Well, it's what was the other one? I think it's vacuum cleaner and Hoover. Oh yeah, Hoover. Hoover is the brand. Yeah, yeah, and it's like um, obviously people say Google it. It's like that's obviously a brand. It's it's actually use a search engine. And there was like yeah. Ask Jeeves car. No one of the generations before. I'm worried about us. Google though. Well, do you think it's because you're quite into conspiracies and whatnot? You're quite like the. Well, I think it's just. Well, no, I think it's just a bit. You can misinform people if you've read. Um, I've not finished it, but 1984. Oh, the, um, um, that's the, the George Orwell book, isn't it? Yes. See, I've got the film, or one of the films that was made from that, with John Hurt in it. And I I think it was released on in 1984 as well, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, my dad recommended it to me, and I still haven't watched it. Cause I haven't watched it. I want to watch it. Okay, well, what I'll have to do is we'll have to watch District 9 in 1984 at some point. Cool. Yeah. Um, we'll get a hot tub, drink loads of booze, and do that. That'd be amazing. I really want a hot tub now. I've always wanted a hot tub. This is not this conversation's not changed anything. I've always wanted a hot tub. Oh, I've... I've had fun in the hot tub. I don't think I've. I think I've only ever been in like one hot tub in my life. 
like I'm a, I've had a lack of hot tubs in my life. I do say it is a story, which is horrendous. It makes me hate people. Um, I went on holiday last year uh, in October. I went with my mum, her fiance, aunt, aunt's son Joe, who's a couple of years older than me, my granddad, and aunt's mum. So it was like six of us. And uh, we went away, went to Spain, it was lovely, uh, mum paid for it, because she's a lovely person, and, um, or paid for me, and um, on the roof of the hotel, it's quite a nice hotel, uh, but on the roof there were three jacuzzis, the three hot doggy things, and, you know, I went in there, and it was lush, that was, apart from that one, I think I've been, I've been in one jacuzzi in Britain or something, but I was in there, and it was amazing, and, you know, sat on the roof reading book of some sort. I think I was reading Scroobius Pip's podcast book, which is quite funny, that's how long it's taken me to start a fucking podcast. Um, and I was reading and playing, I think, Legend of Zelda on the DS and that sort of stuff, and um, I went downstairs or whatever, I, went, I think I went for a walk or something, and um, aunt and mum told me that there was these this, these two couples who, they're actually on the same flight with us on the way there and on the way back, and they, at about, I think it was like 2pm, so 2 in the afternoon, they were fucking in the hot tub, right in one of them, on the roof with people around. Like, two couples doing it. And they were telling me that it was just like... It, it, obviously, there's children's stuff around, which is horrendous. And that's disgusting and wow. so unhygienic and awful. And one of the women was saying, like... Um, I think the dudes at some point high-fived each other. Which is some level of bro that I didn't want to get to. Um, uh... Yeah. And then one woman was saying... <laughs> I think one was saying something like... Um, I don't give a fuck who's watching or something like that while it was happening. And it was just like... People have like things sexually very different to what I like, obviously. And I'm not I don't know. I don't mind public places. I've pro- I've had a few. Oh, I'm so not a voyeur. I'm, I just the thing is, I'm such. I'm so. It awful. was when I was younger. I don't think it's happened in a while. It's, it's to what degree? I don't mind people. You know, I'm not a huge fan of uh, public displays of affection where people like eating each other's faces off. But oh I've, no, but yeah, I've been drunk much. and met a woman in town and made out with them a lot when I'm out. And when you're out drinking and stuff, it's not. It's not too bad it's more so when it's like in the middle of town and like one and you're sat and you're sat on a bench outside like Primark full on like making out touching behind each other's heads and that sort of thing uh, it's just like no it's a bit don't much, need to see that it? it's like you know people if people want to have public sex and not be disgusting about it and make things unhygienic like ejaculate on a park bench or something or leave condoms around oh no that's and great as long as you're not gonna no one really has to see or hear it and especially for children well, oh yeah if you want to fuck outside do what you want but I'm not a fan of that because well, I get hay fever, so maybe... The idea is that no one finds you. It is meant to be secluded. Well, like, yeah, yeah, it's not meant to be people finding you doing it. <laughs> um, but it's like, <laughs> like... Everyone's done it. Stealth wank. When Stealth. there's... You're, like, worried someone's going to hear you and you have to finish quickly. Yeah, uh, it's I think a thrill, say isn't it? Sex, I have, and you said stealth wank, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, no, not in public, uh, not I've, in public. Stealth, yeah, I've, I've done... I've done a couple. I don't think... I'm trying to think if I've ever done... If I've ever, ever, no, I've never had a wank where someone else has been in the same room, unless... Not in the same room. No, but but I've done like... it when my parents have been downstairs, and I've had it before where... This is when I was younger, obviously. Um, and they've been downstairs or whatever, and I've been, like, going at it. And then they come upstairs, it's like, oh, God, what do I do? And it's, like, not late enough, and my light's on. It's like, fuck! It's, fortunately, I haven't been caught or anything. There was one time that Dad once pulled me aside and said... It's on the computer and um, Red Tube, the world's biggest porn site, and I just was like, I couldn't think of anything to say. This is when I was uh, seventeen. I want to say I think I was in college. Okay. And um, it might have been before I had sex. Which, seventeen. I think I had sex, but it was almost dead on my seventeenth birthday, sort of time. 
No, it was about a month before, so 16. Whatever. Um, it was around that sort of time, and um, he was like, he said something like, I've deleted it off the off the history and stuff, you know, and I don't really care that much, but you know if your mother saw that, how upset she'd be. So if I find anything like that again, like that again I'm going to have to put parental control Yeah, but it's on. expected of boys, isn't it? Like, yeah. it would be really different if my parents found my porn. I do want to say, though, that... My we... dad would never... Oh, my daddy. No. Oh, don't say that. Oh. I when love women, no. over, women over the age of like 13 or 14 say daddy, it oh, cringes me out. I call my mum mama. That's not too bad. Mum, mama's fine. I've got my um, uh, my nieces, they call their grandma mama. Because one of them, when, when, I think the old, eldest one, when she was like, you know, instead of being able to say grandma, she couldn't say it. She said mama. And then she just always said it. That's well, cute. My dad gets called Boppy because he was originally meant to be called Grumpy by the first grandchild but right. she couldn't say it and she called him Boppy so now that's what they call him I was called Mole for a while because Michael Mole kind of they can't pronounce the k says Mole Mole so it was Mole for a while that's I cool. dead on told my mum when I was about four that my name was not Carla anymore it was Twinkle I and see. that was it that was it that's mm. what you're going to be called now on this podcast I'm just, it's going to be episode whatever with Carla Twinkle that's going to yep. be that's, that's suited nice and suitable but, um, yeah, well, those people in the hot tub, that was gross. And my dad, yeah. my dad finding the red tube thing was quite funny, but it was also oh, so goddamn embarrassing. And it, the, the thing is, what probably made it worse was that it wasn't my laptop. I want to clarify. It wasn't a laptop. It was a desktop computer in a room. And all, oh. the, fa- and all the family used all the family. Me, my mum, my dad all used that computer. Me for certain different reasons. <laughs> Which is gross and awful. Um, yeah. I don't know, I didn't watch porn. It was normally just things like, I don't know, TV shows with sexy bits. I remember my first ever, no one wants to hear this, but I'm going to tell them anyway. Um, my first ever <laughs> erection I remember. <laughs> and it was, I was, God, this, I was in my child mind, so I was about nine, I think. It was when I was in porn. Did it freak you out? Not really. Well, basically, it was the first boner, I'll explain, right? Before that point, I had a boners, but. When you're a little boy and you need a wee somewhere, you hold your willy, yeah? And that's... Yeah. You, I only say willy instead of penis because when they talk about little boys, it's got to be willy, and it? It's funny. Or winkle. That's, that cracks me up. Um, but, you know, they're holding it and stuff. And when you get to... Depending on when you start to develop, you know, I, I don't know the age that boys start getting erections. I don't really want to know that specific bit of information. But I think it's around, you know, maybe seven, eight, nine-ish sort of age it starts to become more regular thing. And as men and a lot of women will also know, if you play with male genitalia... You get an erection. When you're a little boy, you're holding it, and you're normally moving around. You're like pacing because you really need a wee, and you're holding it, and then you yeah. get one. So for a while before I learned, because I went to a Catholic primary school as well, so the sex education was two videos, and never to speak about it ever again. And <laughs> I don't have any questions. It's like well, fucking everything, but you know, um, I once actually didn't know what a wet dream was, and I wrote on a bit of paper because you can ask anonymous questions. And then she okay. read it out, and the entire class laughed. And you would and though. They all. We were nine. <laughs> We weren't like 16, we were 9, and they all just, or maybe we were 10, just all completely cracked up. And then she was, then the teacher doesn't answer the question. Did and you so trip, I, did you pretend to laugh? Did you laugh? I didn't, I was very unpopular. Everyone thought I was autistic when I was in primary school. I, I'll tell you what, when I was in primary school, I was so unpopular, okay? Um, three guys who I was allegedly friends with told me they were going to um, the secondary school I went to, Chamberlain Park School, and they went to a different one. So they, that's how unpopular I was. They, my so-called friends told me they were going to a certain secondary school and went to a different one so that I would go to that one and they'd go to another one. That's really sad. It's very sad. My life is. But it, not, it's not that bad. It's fine. But it's, um, 
I was very popular at that time, so I don't know. But then someone found out it was me. I don't. I can't even understand how. I didn't tell anyone. But and then they started mocking me when I was like nine or ten for not knowing what a wet dream was while in Catholic school. So that was fun. Oh. Yeah. But like when you're that age, especially me, I didn't know anything about sex for a very long time. My parents never spoke about it really until it was too late. I remember I was making my sandwiches once when I was, I think it was like eighteen or something. I was making my sandwiches. And Mum walked in. This is when I was in a fairly serious relationship. So I must have been seventeen. And she was like. Do you use condoms? I was like, Mum, right, please don't talk to me about this sort of thing. I don't want to talk to you about sex. I'm making my sandwiches and I can't escape. And also, Mum, you do realise that I've been in a sexual relationship now for quite a few months. You know, you're a bit late. You should have been having this talk with me like five years ago, not now. And she wouldn't stop. And I was making my sandwiches for lunch next day. I just couldn't leave. I was like, please stop. And she was telling me other stuff. I was like, no, please. I had older sisters, so I knew these kinds of things. I had older brothers. And I, I was, I watched... TV shows, the Euro Trash taught me a lot, um, oh, and then trash. there was like loads of other TV shows that I'd watch. Yeah, um, I know a fair bit. About well, I, I know now. <laughs> I, th- I like to think I know now. You know, but it's like when um, so when I was younger and you know held your willy, you need a wee, and you'd get an erection. And for a while, I just thought, oh, sometimes when you really need a wee, it goes hard. And I just didn't because I didn't know any better. So that's just what I thought. Okay. And this is embarrassing as well. I'm going to tell you and everyone who's listening. When Yay. I was before, um, before I knew what. When I got taught in school, uh, Catholic school especially, you know about um, sex education. It was a man's willy gets hard and then it sprays out white stuff in a woman. <laughs> I couldn't understand that because I didn't understand that if you. I just saw penis and the only stuff that comes out of it is urine. So I thought, do you pee inside a woman? I was really confused. I'm glad. Yeah, I, I thought that for a bit as yeah, a kid, I'm though. Glad I never did That's that, not. I thought you learned the right way. Unfortunately, I started masturbating before having sex with a woman. Before that awkward thing would come about. Yeah. But um, so but that, so that was quite uh, funny and embarrassing. But my first erection I remember being of sexual nature was I watched Jessica Simpson. These boots are made for walking. You know. Um, okay. And it's the the Dukes of Hazard video. Yeah, and in she, the shorts, with sure, the hat. Well, it wasn't the shorts and the hat. It was, and she's. Towards the end of the video, she's in a bright pink bikini, scrubbing the car with soap and rubbing herself with soap and pouring it over herself. And I was watching oh, it going, poor boy. I was watching it going, this is amazing, but I don't know why. And I remember my childminder had um, magazines around. It's, it's, this story's going to sound like I'm, it's going to be horrendous. It's not. Don't worry. It's um, had these magazines around, and that was when I think Jordan was really popular. And obviously, Jordan uh, Katie oh. Price has huge boobs. And I see on the cover of these Heat magazine or Cosmo, whatever the hell it was, and I just remember staring and being like, just staring at these huge boobs and be like, I don't know why, but I really like looking at them. And then it took a while for me to realise um, what any of it sort of meant. Because obviously repression and that sort of stuff in Catholic school. Um, so it was just like, I didn't, I, I, couldn't, I didn't connect the dots. I just didn't know for a very long time, for a while. And then I remember when I first, I think I started wanking when I was in year eight or nine or something. But I was, I didn't watch videos to begin with. I just watched, I just looked at pictures online. I remember yeah. Googling things like, Certain words with just boobs after it. I remember doing that. Dinosaur boobs. That would be freaky. I don't want to think about that. Cupcake boobs. <laughs> well, I don't know. That could be all right. I remember seeing in a bizarre magazine once there was a photo shoot of a woman who was covering herself with baked beans. And it was like, uh, so I like baked beans, but I don't like cold baked beans. And I certainly don't want baked beans on a woman. Have you heard of sploshing? Because they put it inside themselves. It's No, it's just uh, using food. No. Um, uh, in many ways. I know of the variety of ways you can use food. I think I've only used food a little bit. Yeah, like, but like lots of food. Like you have to cover the room mm. in in 
plastic sheeting. Oh, that's a good thing. Like pies and everything. That sounds like All the fun. food everywhere getting really like slippery. I've, I've, it's weird actually because I've, I've thought about this for a while where one of my, this is going to be too much information for a lot of people, uh, one of my weird, maybe it's a fantasy I guess, I don't know, I've just, for the last few years I've had this weird thing where I just really want to have sex with a woman and put just like a chocolate cake between us and just, I don't know, just fuck and this chocolate cake just goes everywhere and it's probably one of those weird things because I'm, I'm quite a clean individual and probably fairly repressed as yeah well. but getting messy is fun well that's the thing and i love oil but the problem is god damn you, you if anyone doesn't use the oil in the bedroom oh, jesus christ you lube in the bedroom is bad enough it stains the sheets it's, use coconut it's, oil we can obviously i haven't been so adverse to those sort of things i normally don't think ahead enough of these sorts oh, of oh i've just got coconut oil everywhere just every i house. use it I, I it's really good probably skin. do. It's good, for the skin. <laughs> it's good for your skin. It's really nice to make food with sometimes. I've heard it's a good sort of substitute um, for yeah. it's like healthy fats in it and stuff. Uh, I, I made these little um, banana bread cupcakes and substituted oh, cool. the butter with coconut oil. Yeah. And that was lovely. Oh, awesome. So, yeah. And it's good for you. Yeah, I've heard it's, um, it's, it's a the, good fat. It's one of the new things is like that, avocados, uh, and a few other things, all that sort of the healthier fats that are coming about because everyone's now kind of realising that. Come back to conspiracies with um with the whole sugar thing like oh yeah it's literally like the the same the the companies paid scientists to lie about tobacco being good or bad for you about climate change and about sugar yeah and saturated fats saying saturated and marijuana oh yeah and the smear pep campaign it was never marijuana before that point it's the Mexican. they changed it to marijuana so it sounded like a Mexican thing so they could blame it on them yeah because there was a guy wasn't there I have to google what his name was but um, there was a guy who he he had a lot of uh, stock in the in the paper industry and he ran a few newspapers and stuff and when he found out that with hemp if people don't know this well, cannabis is hemp but it's it's kind of nice. I'm not going to go into details, mainly because I don't know as much. But with hemp, you can make paper out of it, and things like clothing, that. And clothing, houses. You can make shitloads out of it. And the, the the wood, I think, you can make from it, or some sort of similar. Oh, you thing. can make like biodegradable you, items. You can make all sorts. Well, you can make this sort of this kind of wood sort of thing, um, which is like it's like so strong. It's like almost as strong as certain metals. Yeah, obviously it's. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, there's one type of it that Jorgos from. I'm butchering this. I mean, terrible. But um, it's meant to be like fantastic. I'll have to Google it and look it up or something. But um, with hemp as well is that you can grow hemp, more hemp, quicker in a smaller area. Yeah. And, um, than standard paper. And, and it's got a much trees. higher yield as well. It grows quicker. Yeah. Uh, you can grow more of it in a smaller space. It's a much higher turnover. Yeah. It's much better than killing our trees that give us oxygen um especially with pollution at the moment yeah especially do you know southampton's really bad for pollution yeah i know because it's southampton's got what i think it's the most traffic lights per square mile than like any other city which means in the uk which means obviously the most standstill traffic you know, yeah. we're also really densely populated. Like Southampton and Plymouth, I think. Are, I think the only two cities in the UK that don't have. Cathedrals. And we're a port. Yeah, we're a port. And that that has its own well, emissions. Yeah, well, you see, also we've got Forley only across the the river, oh, yeah. which is the Forley power station. Yeah. Um, we've got yeah all the boats and stuff that um, that let out so much uh, pollution. We've got all the cars. You know, we're quite an industrial city. You know, we've, we are. we've always been quite an industrial city. Um, you know, it's two hundred twenty-eight thousand people living in Southampton. You know, I didn't know that. So it's like. 
that's really densely populated compared to I think a place like Portsmouth is a lot less than that. Um, but yeah, I'm just trying to look up. Oh, here we go. Uh, William Randolph Hearst. Yeah. When I was talking to someone else about it, or maybe I was talking to you about it the other day, I think I said Hirsch, but it's not Hirsch. It's William Randolph Hearst and the DuPont Company. Um, yeah, I'm not going to go into a huge amount of detail. If anyone's interested, just Google it. But it's like, he basically, as you said, he, he marijuana is the name of a Mexican tobacco. And they completely stole the name and said, Mexicans are smoking this drug and coming over and raping women and stealing things and being violent. And then they it did all the propaganda about Two marijuana. birds, one stone, wasn't it? Yeah, so he could do that. You know, he, he ran a lot of the newspapers and stuff. So he did all the propaganda. And then, you know, everyone got in their minds that cannabis was bad or marijuana in American... Um, it was all bad and then obviously then the propaganda came in when the war on drugs came in and reefer madness just say no and all sorts of other stuff yeah uh, there's a picture also online which cracked me up and it's like um, in response to the just say no thing and it's like I always say no to drugs and it's got a picture of a guy passing a joint to him and he picks up the joint and goes no and he takes a toke out and passes <laughs> someone else I thought it was fantastic so yeah. just say no to we can say no to them they're not talking no. back you can still yeah, um. yeah it's, like, it's like a line of coke you just look at the coke and go no it's like just say no drugs fucking was it nancy reagan well they can oh. open up your mind a bit more um it, throughout history uh it, different religions even they oh, yeah. use different things well, to seen... reach a sense a heightened sense of being well, everyone's seen any everyone has seen at least a movie where someone takes uh like drinks arawaska which is a certain type of compound that also has dmt in it which we spoke about briefly earlier you know and uh peyote i think as well and uh, you know people everyone's seen a film where there's a shamanic ritual or something or someone goes in the wilderness eats something random it's in the simpsons i was gonna say in the simpsons, crying out loud that, <laughs> well, he eats that ridiculously hot pepper and that's meant to be uh parallel to peyote you know you take it okay you go on this big spiritual journey he saw the wolf or the fox whatever it was where you often see spirit animals, things like that. Yeah. It's like, you do really strong hallucinogens and people often, you know, have trips. That's kind of the point. And um, you go throughout history, I think it was the Mayans or the Aztecs or something, they took shrooms and this sort of thing. And it's like, all throughout history, people have used it. It's like, I think I spoke to you about it when I was over here before. And it was, um, that we were talking about the pineal gland. Pineal. Pineal, there you go. Yeah. I always say pineal because it looks like a pine cone. And that's where it comes from. Yeah. Because that's, the, the in, in history, that's its shape. Yeah, and it, if you go cone. to the Vatican, you know, the one of the most... There's uh, a really big places. one, isn't there? Yeah, there's a giant pine cone, essentially, and it's to do with the pineal gland, and a lot of people, Terence McKenna or someone like that, said that the pineal gland is like the third eye, you know, that the, yeah. it's kind of like your eye to spirituality, or like some people believe when you do certain hallucinogens, it opens up like a, almost like a portal or something, or some sort of yeah. connection to alternate universes, or... Not alternate universe necessarily, but other planes of reality that we can't that understand. we can't necessarily see with the eyes that we've got. Yeah, and a lot of people are going to hear this and they're going to go, oh, "Fucking hippie bullshit." Well, no, but it's not hippie bullshit because we we don't see things the same as other creatures. I was going to say that. Yeah, um, yeah. For instance, bumblebees or bees, um, they see mainly in grey and red, and they're able. The red yeah. is mainly the flowers with pollen. Yeah. So they're they're not able to see in many frames and then you've got cats that can see in way more than we can yeah and then we don't see way more colors than we can our eyes aren't all constructed the same way um they may work similarly but they're not constructed to see the same spectrum of light yeah exactly you get loads of creatures to see completely different they see different colors they see you know, it's like even men and women in general, it's, um, I think I mentioned this to you before as well, it was 
women in general can see more colours than men. But it's yeah. not like a woman can see a colour that a man can't, like a whole new colour. It's a man can see, say, 100 shades of grey, a green rather, and a woman can see, say, 120. It's, it's that kind of... That kind of thing. But it's also, there's several types of uh, colour blindness. Oh, yeah, yeah. And some might, some men might not realise they have it, but uh, colour blindness, it's carried on the X, no, yeah, the X chromosome. Oh, is it? So if men have it, they've got it, whereas women can be carriers. I see. So they're more likely to be colour blind than women. I see. Well, that's really interesting. It's like, yeah, it's even something as simple as that. And for people, when, when I said, I, I want to be devil's advocate for a second, say, oh, people think this is just hippie bullshit, you know, saying about this. But it's just like, um, it's just like, um, with it, with the whole, with all that sort of that jazz about it, I've lost my train of thought because you interrupted me. With Sorry. hand gestures. You inter- Sorry. I'll just say there's one final point, then we'll take a quick break because I really need a wee as well. Um, but it was going to be... Um, Oh, I'm butchering this so bad. Oh, yeah, the hippie bullshit thing. People think, yeah. oh, this hippie bullshit, you know, you just take a drug and it's a chemical and it makes you see shit that's not there. And it's like, I don't know for a fact whether it does or does any of these things, you know. I haven't done loads of hallucinogens, I don't know. So I'm not an expert in any of these things. But it's like, if you blow a dog whistle, humans can't hear it, right? So therefore, you're smiling because I said blow, didn't you? Was that what you were giggling? Yeah, okay. <laughs> um... When, you know, you, you use a dog whistle, it does a frequency of sound humans can't hear, okay? Everyone knows also there are spectrums of light we can't see, infrared being one of them. We have to develop special machinery to be able to see radiation and stuff in space and all these sorts of other things. And it's like, yeah, well, they're the ones we know of, you know? How do we know there isn't some sort of light uh, that we we just don't understand yet or some... Obviously, humans don't just have five senses either, you know? There's the five mm-hmm. basic ones I'm going to talk about, but, you know, we have a sense that you can... I feel the difference in uh, temperature change that's a completely different thing and there's there's loads of different uh, senses and stuff so it's like well how do we it's... I was going to say someone described it as I think was it one of my friends described it as this or maybe or maybe it was some famous person they were quoting them and it was like when if you can't tell a sense or something like if you were if you're you can't to describe it is like you can't see out of your hand do you know what I mean yeah you, you can't it's impossible so that's one sense. If, if you didn't have eyes, you can't see out your hands. Your hands can only feel, really. So it's like, what other senses are there that the human body just doesn't have? Sense to... of space. Sense of space. Yeah. What is that? Oh, what, so, so you know sense when of is... where you are in terms of other things. I see. You, like, it might not be photographic memory. It might just be awareness yeah. of where you are in that room. Yeah. It's, it's all these sorts of other things, you know, and it's just like. If we there's could be senses that we just don't have as humans, and that could be, could or some of us have, and others don't believe they have. Yeah, there's a there's a guy called Brian Froud who um, he made the he did all the costume stuff and a lot of the concept art for Dark Crystal and Labyrinth, okay, um, and that sort of style of things. And um, he believes, and he's written a, a book, um, and it comes with oracle cards as well, which are similar to tarot cards. And I've actually got some, and I've been reading the book a bit, and it's like. Um, you know, his belief is that there are fairies and it's they they are it sounds you say it to people and they just go well i'm not saying i believe this i don't really know what i believe necessarily but it's like they believe he believes that there's an alternate plane of reality that these beings exist in and they can communicate with us like very briefly in little tiny ways and like you know you're looking at something and you think you see something move in your peripherals and you look and there's nothing there and it's you know it's all this stuff where it's just like something hasn't been explained and people like to fill in the blanks with their own thing and it's like I'm not saying that fairies exist in other dimensions or anything, but I'm also not saying they don't because we don't know. 
And that's one of the issues of, that I found, especially when I was a young uh, atheist, was I was always like, there's no heaven, there's no hell, there's no God, there's no nothing. I know, because there's no fact. It's like, no. Yeah. It's like, I don't believe there is a heaven or hell because there's no evidence for it. However, I don't... If you can't... look for more evidence, you can gain a bigger picture of what's going on. So you can see that there's correlations between the different religions, like the number three like um so many different things especially like the, jesus especially Abra yeah the um, abrahamic what is it abrahamic i'm picturing this where it's like you know you got islam uh catholicism christianity uh judaism yeah they're, they're the, the and comes and the things. yeah you've got um what was it jesus is the evil magician right uh in um jewish religion he's not seen as a very good person yeah so you've got same same characters mm. and even with mayans who i think were a power of their own yeah um well they could figure out i think it's the mayans where they had i saw a thing of they managed to carve in, in clay or something like that they made an accurate scale of the solar system it was in the background of a picture there were yeah. like two people and in the background they just had these um this alignment of the planets yeah and it was the right they had like the orbits right they had the size, like, uh, proportional sizes correctly. Yeah. And it wasn't even the main part of the picture. It was just a little thing in the corner. And it was like, yeah. how the, how could you even know that? Like, we've, you know, it's just like, there's other ways of maybe figuring things out. Well, that's my alarm going off. That happened in another podcast. I think it was with Bradley. How about that? Man, I'm a terrible, terrible host. Well, on that note of the uh, alarm, we'll pause it here. And we'll probably come back to it, I imagine, if Carl isn't sick of me. Um, we'll come back to it in a minute. And... And that's the end of part one. Um, thanks for tuning in, guys, as always. Uh, part two will be up next week, where me and Carla talk about childhood, um, being a victim, and accepting help for certain issues, um, the difference in generations, you know, like our parents, and how they were raised by our grandparents, and how our grandparents are raised, and all that sort of thing. Um, and at the end, we talk about what we would do if we had, like, millions of pounds, you know, how we would try and use it to potentially create a company or benefit the community in some way. It's a really interesting chat. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and if you feel like it deserves it, you can review us on iTunes, and that's always super appreciated. I appreciate all you guys listening, and I'll be back next week.